0: Well, today we're beginning a new message series which I've entitled Walking with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the persons of the Trinity. The Trinity is the Godhead. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is actually the person of the Trinity that lives inside of us as believers. A lot of times we talk about Jesus living inside of us. And, and Jesus really, he has a glorified body and he resides in heaven. And he's going to return one day. But he's not back yet. And so Jesus lives inside of us today through the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of Jesus lives inside of us. Galatians 5.25, and I'd encourage you to pull out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. On there it has the the outline and the verses written out. You can take some notes. First, first we want to look at Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, In other words, in life, we need to walk with the Holy Spirit. We are not to run ahead of the Spirit. We are not to lag behind the Spirit. We are to keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a plan for your life. The Holy Spirit has a plan for every day of your life. And if we keep in step with the Spirit, we are going to fulfill that plan. The Holy Spirit is going to guide us. He's going to empower us. He's going to protect us. And we are going to keep in step with Him. Now today, the message is entitled, Remembering for the Future. And we're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper, or as we commonly refer to it, to communion. Jesus instituted two ordinances for the church to keep. An ordinance is a specific practice that's commanded by Scripture that's really essential to have a growing spiritual life with God. Some weeks ago, we talked about the first ordinance, which was water baptism. Jesus commanded it in the Great Commission. Great Commission is something we all really should memorize. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so new believers are to be baptized. Water baptism is for believers only. It's intended to be done once in a lifetime. It's not something that's repeated. It's meant to be done once. It's the very first step in obedience for a new believer. Baptism does not save you. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, but it is an act of obedience. If you've been a believer for a while and you haven't been Water baptized, I encourage you to take this step of obedience. Infant baptism is not biblical baptism. Why? Because as an infant, you have not believed in Jesus yet. In fact, you can't even understand the gospel as an infant. If you've not been baptized since becoming a believer, I encourage you to sign up on the back of your Connect card and we'll put you on the list for our next baptism. If you have questions, feel free to contact me and I, we can talk about it. But today we're going to talk about the second ordinance that Jesus instituted. It's called communion. It all began on the very last supper that Jesus ate with his disciples before his death, before he was crucified. Matthew 26, verse 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, eat. It is, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offering it to them said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so in this last supper, Jesus instituted a regular observance in the church to remember his sacrifice. His death on the cross. I'd like us to watch a video called communion in remembrance. So we're going to talk about the importance of communion today, what it's all about. It's about remembering Jesus' sacrifice. Apostle Paul, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, gives us further instruction on the Lord's Supper, verse 24. And he's speaking of Jesus. He says, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so Jesus commanded us to observe the Lord's Supper or Communion in remembrance of his sacrifice on the cross. And why do you think that Jesus commanded us to regularly remember what he did? Well, the answer is because we tend to forget. Whenever there's a command, it's because we tend to do the exact opposite. We tend to forget what Jesus did for us. We tend to forget his death on the cross. We tend to forget His resurrection. And when we forget the cross, our lives begin to drift away from their priority of being centered on Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't specify how often a church is to observe communion. We've chosen to observe it about once a month. It's regular, but not so often that it just becomes an every Sunday ritual. And as we'll see, the heart of observing communion, the heart of the value of observing communion is not simply eating some bread, and drinking some grape juice. The heart of it has to do with our hearts. It's a time in which we draw close to God. It's a time in which we exercise our faith and trust in God. And so the remembrance of communion has two aspects. First of all, we remember Jesus' broken body. Verse 23, for I received, Paul writes this, from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so in communion we use a loaf of bread representing the body of Jesus Christ. The bread is broken just as Jesus' body was broken when he died on the cross. How was Jesus' body broken? Well, If you watched the movie a number of years ago, The Passion of the Christ, you saw visually how Jesus' body was broken. He was flogged severely, before he was crucified. A crown of thorns was pressed onto his head. He was nailed to the cross through his hands and feet with iron spikes. And after he gave up his spirit to the Father, a Roman spear pierced his side. His wounds were so severe, the scripture tells us that he was unrecognizable in death. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his wounds, you have been healed. And so Jesus' body was broken so that through his wounds, we may be made whole. We may be healed spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Jesus' body that was broken makes available healing for us Today, in communion, we remember that broken body. Secondly, we remember Jesus' shed blood. Verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in communion, we use the cup, the fruit of the vine, Grape juice, which represents Jesus' blood, which was shed for us so that our sins might be forgiven. Now, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, sins were atoned for through the blood of an animal sacrifice, and that animal sacrifice looked forward to the true sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, the coming Messiah. And so in the New Testament, Jesus inaugurated the New Covenant, which was in His blood, not the blood of animals, the shedding of the blood of the perfect Lamb of God, the one who had done no sin, that our sins might be forgiven. And when Jesus offered up his sacrifice on the cross for our sins, was laid in the tomb three days later, God the Father raised him from the dead. God acknowledged that his sacrifice was accepted. And so in communion, we look back, we remember Jesus' sacrifice of his body And blood on the cross. Now you notice in this verse, verse 25, it says, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. In fact, in communion, we look back at his entire life, his birth, his virgin birth, his ministry on the earth, his death on the cross, his resurrection three days later, and finally his ascension into heaven. We remember him. Now what what goes on when we partake in communion? Some teach that the bread becomes the literal body of Christ and the cup becomes the literal blood of Christ. That's simply not true, of course. My training as a scientist, and if you would analyze, you would see it's still bread and it's still grape juice. Careful study of the original Greek of these passages. Don't have time to get into it this morning. It clearly indicates that Jesus is speaking symbolically and spiritually. The elements symbolize a spiritual reality. But it's not just simply a ritual. It's not just simply taking the elements of the bread and the fruit of the vine. It's something more. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit is present when we obey Jesus' command. And so as we partake of communion by faith, we commune. that's what the word communion is all about, to have fellowship with Jesus. He is here among us when we remember him in the way he commanded. To have eternal life, we must receive his life into our life. And that's not just a one-time occurrence. It's a continual abiding or remaining in Jesus. And communion reminds us of that. And so as you take communion today, which we will later in the service, do it by truly remembering Jesus, what He did, and also experience Him here and now, this Sunday, through the Holy Spirit. Now before we partake in communion, you must examine yourself. Perhaps we don't teach on this enough. Verse 28, A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. What does it mean to examine yourself in this verse? To examine yourself is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any sin in your life, anything that you have not repented of, any wrongdoing. And so the purpose of examining yourself is to look within through the lens of the Holy Spirit and say, "Oh Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I repent of what you're shining your light on in my life that is wrong, that is not right. What does it mean to repent? To repent is to admit that something is sin. God, I admit that I've done wrong. I admit that I've sinned. I make a decision to turn away from it and to receive your forgiveness that is what repentance is all about. And so during the communion service, we'll have a period of time of reflection in which we remember, in which we examine ourselves. Just you and God. You don't need to speak aloud. Just you and God. God will speak to you and give you an opportunity to repent. Now, this is really not optional. It's very important for As we examine ourselves, we avoid God's judgment. Verse 27 begins, it says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. And so these instructions about the Lord's Supper were written to the church at Corinth by the Apostle Paul. Many there were taking communion in an unworthy manner. That means they were taking communion with no thought of any sin in their life, no thought of any repentance of sin. That simply doesn't make sense, does it, to reflect on Jesus' death for our sins, and not paying attention to the sins in our life. The sins in our life are the things that cause Jesus to have to die. And so as we reflect on Jesus' death and resurrection, we should turn to ourselves and say, God, what have I done? What am I doing? That put Jesus on that tree. That put Jesus on that cross. Please forgive me. I repent. I turn away. I, I ask for your help to not do it anymore. And so the result of taking communion in an unworthy manner, of, of taking it with sin in your life, unrepented sin, is to experience the judgment of God. And in the church at Corinth, the judgment of God manifested in some of the people being weak, some of the people being sick, and some of the people dying prematurely. Falling asleep means dying in the New Testament, in this case. Does this still happen today? Well, Absolutely. Although probably a lot of people don't put two and two together, do they? They don't know why they're weak or sick, or some people even prematurely die because they did not properly examine themselves before communion. So we examine ourselves to avoid God's judgment and also to renew our commitment to Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 6, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Again, Jesus obviously is not talking about literally eating his flesh or drinking his blood. He's speaking of the spiritual reality of receiving Jesus into ourselves, of receiving Jesus into every aspect of our lives. The end result is that the believer remains or lives in Jesus and Jesus lives or remains in the believer, we, we become in communion. And as a believer, we feed on Jesus. He is, he called himself the bread of life. We feed on him. We live through him. He is our sustenance. He supplies every need we have. And communion is a special time to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ. If there are any areas in your life that you're having trouble submitting to God, that is the time to submit them anew, to submit them afresh. And I encourage you to do that this morning as we take communion. And so communion is not just a a ritual. It's just not something we do and there's some magic into eating a piece of bread or drinking a cup of juice. The Holy Spirit is present. He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He is present either to judge or to bless. And I would rather be blessed than judged. And so I examine myself. We examine ourselves. We repent of all known sin to avoid judgment. And we we renew our commitment to Jesus Christ and receive His blessing into our lives. I believe that communion is a special time when the Holy Spirit is present to heal, to bring wholeness to people's lives. And I believe God wants to see many more people come forward for prayer at the end of the communion service so that we can pray for you. So that God can bring His healing and His wholeness into your life and do miracles for you. And so in communion we remember the past, we remember Jesus' life we look at ourselves in the present, we examine ourselves, we renew our commitment to Him, and we believe for the future. We are going to look forward in communion to Jesus' return. Verse 26 says, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. One day Jesus is going to return. As I said, He, he is in heaven now in His glorified body. One day He's promised to return. And when he returns, we're no longer going to take communion. It's going to end. We're going to be enjoying the marriage feast of the Lamb. We still get to eat, you see, in case you were worried about it. We're going to enjoy the marriage feast of the Lamb with Jesus forever. And so in communion, we look forward to his return. We're reminded that he's coming back again. He promised to return and Jesus is going to fulfill his promise. The scripture teaches that Jesus' return is imminent. What does that mean? It means that he could return at any time. There's nothing in the Bible that hasn't been fulfilled that says Jesus couldn't return today. It could be any time. The writers of the New Testament believe Jesus could return at any time. So be ready, be alert. He could come back. And so the fact of Jesus' imminent return is something to look forward to. It's something to live our lives in light of. It helps us focus our lives. In fact, Jesus taught it needed to focus our lives so that we are alert, so that we are quick to repent, so that we serve Him each and every day because He could return today. He could return before this service is over. And so we look forward to Jesus' return. And we anticipate... What's going to happen when he returns? Something's going to happen to us. We're going to receive a resurrected body. Jesus said in John 6, 54, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. When we eat Jesus' flesh and drink his blood by faith, And that's part of every day, not just communion. We have eternal life. Eternal life means that though our bodies may die, we have Jesus' promise, which here is to raise us up on the last day. And so when Jesus returns again, we're going to have a resurrected or glorified body. Whether we're alive or whether we're dead, doesn't matter. The Bible says both are going to happen. And that glorified body is going to be just like the one Jesus had after his resurrection. Your resurrected body will be completely healed. You'll be completely whole. No more pain, no more sickness, no more death. No more aches. Who would like to have a resurrected body? That's going to be wonderful. It's something to remember. Even as some of our bodies are a little... All of our bodies are a little older this year than they were last year. Some of us are still growing, and some of us are on the, you know, this, the decline. But we all look forward to resurrected bodies, glorified bodies. So be encouraged. And so in communion, we look forward to believe and rejoice in our future. We have a wonderful future with God in eternity. And that belief in our eternal future should impact our life here and now. It should impact next week. When we look forward to the incredible blessings that God has for us, it encourages us, no matter what's going on around us today. It gives us the strength to deal with the troubles of this life. Which there are troubles in this life. But God helps us each and every day. When we look forward to Jesus' return, it gives us the motivation to be a witness for Jesus to those who do not yet know him. When Jesus returns, there are no second chances. That's it. He's going to return in a flash, in the blink of an eye, and at that time, there are no second chances. Those who are believers that have committed their lives to Jesus Christ will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And those who have not believed in Jesus will spend eternity without him in a place the Bible calls hell. So everyone on earth will be separated into two camps of people. And you and I have the privilege, you and I have the responsibility of making an eternal difference in people's lives by telling them about Jesus so that they can have eternal life with him and stay with him forever and ever. And so communion is a time not just to believe for our future with God, but to believe God so that we can help others have a future with Jesus as well. And so communion is a time to reorient our priorities. It's a, a brief time in which we look at Jesus, we look at the present, and we look at eternity. So that in the weeks ahead, our lives we'd go forward with the right priorities. And so today we've examined what communion is all about. It's a, it's a time of remembering. Remembering Jesus, His life, His death, His resurrection. We examine ourselves so that we can repent, so that we can avoid God's judgment and as we renew our commitment to Jesus Christ, we can experience His blessing. And we look forward to the future. future when Jesus is going to return and we're going to have resurrected, glorified bodies. And so as we take communion today, don't just go through the motions, but engage your heart, engage your mind, engage your spirit. And know that God is with us. Now as we've taught today, communion is for believers only. It's for those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And this morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, I want to give you an opportunity To experience the blessing of communion with us. It's also a time if you'd like to recommit your life to God. If you feel like you've drifted away. To become a believer. You admit that you've done wrong. You repent of your sin. You believe that Jesus died to forgive your sin. You invite him into your life. And commit your life to following him as your Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a, a prayer Father, today we thank you that you're with us. And today we admit that we've sinned, we've done wrong things. Your word says all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. We we turn away from those things. We repent of our sins. We believe that Jesus died on the cross, took the punishment for our sins, that we might be saved. Forgive us. Come into our lives. We commit our lives to following you as our Lord and Savior each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.